On Sex Positive Me, we explore all aspects of sex and relationships, ranging from fetishes and BDSM to ethical non-monogamy and LGBTQ issues. Sex Positive Me destigmatizes sexual practices and relationships while reconciling reality with myth and misconceptions. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and be advocates of sexual freedom. And now here's your hosts, Angelique and John Luna. Hey everyone, now we're in October. We have what, less than three months away? So, uh, till 2020 ends, thank yeah. God. <laughs> we're all screaming we, Jumanji at that time. We just need it to end. We, so, we, we, we have lives to live and we need to get back to reality and get out of our house and have lots of fun. Yes, considering that October is my 45th birthday month and I don't know how to celebrate. I'm locked up with them. <laughs> oh, God. We'll show you the outdoors. Yes. So I'm here with my beloved co-host, husband, trauma expert because of a Libra that he lives with, uh, John C. Luna. And the scavenger hunt is, if you go back to all our podcasts, please find all the titles and names I give him. So <laughs> makes it interesting for this uh, COVID season. Well, we're... Uh... It's good. COVID's been very interesting because there's obviously a lot of negative, but there's positive coming out of it. Oh, yes. I think I've actually caught up on some stuff. A little bit, yes. But especially with our guest, she's actually benefited from COVID and some downtime there in writing a book. Let's welcome our guest, Miss Carolyn Jewell. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Yes. You were saying like you had all these productions and things going on and then it shut down and then you just focused on the book. So yeah, that's being very productive. Yeah. I was working on it for four years. So it gave me an opportunity since all the events got canceled and weddings and vacations got canceled. I sat down and finished the book. <laughs> well, leading up to the book, I haven't read the book. Okay. I've only read the bio and the other side. I didn't get a chance to do it, but you, you have a busy life. That I do. <laughs> is Olympic hopeful uh, performer turned adult performer turned, you're an entrepreneur with more hands in different places than, 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 than I can say. Um, I've been an entrepreneur. We don't sleep. But you look great for not sleeping. I was trying to nap actually before we started today, but yes, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You, like you said, you, you, you started... First of all, how did you get from being Olympic hopeful and it was skater? Uh, yeah, so I um, immigrated from South Africa when I was three years old. Um, I started ice skating, figure skating out here at the age of like four. And that was pretty much my entire life from four till age 30. So everything that I did revolved around figure skating, living in various uh, places, Wisconsin, uh, North Carolina, Germany, Sweden, traveling, doing professional skating shows and coaching to um, trying to follow a dream to become an Olympic figure skater as a pair skater to represent South Africa. So that's kind of, you know, everything that I did was ice skating. My degree is theatrical production. That was to own my own Circus de Soleil show on ice. And things just kind of took a different route, uh, <laughs> a very different route. It, it is interesting how we're, we, we don't end up where we plan to be, but it's a great place to be. I'm never going to change a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So you went from that, and I did read a little bit of an interview you, where I guess your ex-husband said, women sell their underwear online. That's pretty much and how And that was a changing started. moment in your life. That was. That was. 
I don't know if he knows that now, but that was. So it was that question that made me uh, kind of look into that side of the world. And um, that was, my gosh, that was over 10 years ago. And at that time, it was not that popular. But now, now it's like nothing. Everybody does it. <laughs> Everybody knows about it, at least. So. I could blame the episode of CSI where they show like that whole convention of selling freshly wet panties vacuum sealed there. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I think that it's their fault, right? That yeah. now my business is not as it used to be. <laughs> CSI did a lot because anytime you say the word furry now, everyone goes, oh, like on CSI and it's been at least 15 years. Yep. Yep. There's a lot. There's um in my book that I have, uh, there are stories about uh, working at the brothel up in um, up in uh, Vegas or, you know, Nevada, where uh, I had an experience with a furry. It was my first experience and other little stories that I kind of delve into uh, working in a brothel and the different experiences that I had. And that was one of them. So. Okay. This is one of those interviews is like, damn it, I should have got the book first. <laughs> This was too quick. I didn't have enough time. Oh, don't worry. It's on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. On the list. <laughs> so you, you, you start, you got, got out of uh, athletics or kind of moved away from athletics to get into the yeah. industry. Yeah, it started. So, you know, to give you the background, it went from, you know, um, the market crashing in 2008. And oh. I was owning, um, I owned a company that was a mobile fitness company for children. So I would travel and teach fitness classes and daycares were closing and parents were losing their job. And so we had to look at a different way to make some extra income. And that is where I got into the selling panties. And that kind of did a whole spiral where it went from that to custom video requests to requests of me uh, showing my face. Uh, to request of me with my husband. Um, and then that led to me getting a director um, because I had a degree in theatrical production. So I got a degree uh, after my divorce, I got a job as a director in the porn industry, which led to dancing, which led to porn, which led to running a swingers club. And oh, the, the story, that's why it's in a book. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm like it's trying to keep track. You know, it's like you got to make like a quick little checklist of like, yeah, I okay, how did this evolve? <laughs> so, yeah. And so that's, yeah, but that's kind of how everything happened. And then, of course, there's more detail. But the ultimate reason for me writing my book was to share my story with people because there's so much judgment about uh, the adult industry and uh, working in a brothel and swingers and what are swingers and how do you get into it and there's so many different misconceptions and so my book is really kind of an overview of everything together and then what I do is now I'm working on my sequel where one will focus on just the adult entertainment industry and how to help young performers that are getting into it not make the same mistakes or dangerous mistakes and then so on with the lifestyle, helping people getting into the lifestyle who want to experience it, but do it the right way. I do, I do online coaching where I coach um, couples and singles that are either in the lifestyle and having difficulty with it, or they're considering entering it, but they don't know what direction to go or how to go do it. You know, how, how, what are the steps to do it right? So it's not going to jeopardize the relationship with their partner. So and that would extremely important oh yeah we, we work with a lot of people who think about getting in they think about the excitement of it and then you kind of have to bring up that question of you plan on being together a year from now aren't you because there's certain behaviors that obviously don't work 
right. uh, in uh, the swinger community in the sense that you can't go back to acting like you're 16. Right, right. <laughs> and you can't come into this lifestyle if you think it's going to save your marriage because that's, no. you know, and that's, that's what I've seen for them for, you know, a lot of what I see is couples that are coming in and they think that this is going to ultimately save their marriage and put a stop to, you know, issues that they're having. And if they don't go about it the right way, it's going to end up burning. You know, I say my analogy that I say is like, um, you know, that if you play with fire, right, you know, then you're going to be safe. But if you play with it the wrong way, you're going to get burned. And so, you know, you can light the flame if you do it right. So that's kind of what I try to tell couples, you know, you've got to know why you're coming into this, know what you're looking for, be open-minded to experience different things within the swinger lifestyle community. Cause it's not just the misconceptions, you know, everybody thinks it's a husband and wife, sleep with a husband and wife and end the discussion, you know, that's what a lot of people think. So oh yeah, trying to, trying to see if we can break that a little bit. So oh, we, we always try to break any taboos and stigmas there because, you know, we also like, teach and talk about it but since they hear sex educators they think our door is a revolving door of sex partners and i'm like no it isn't let me tell you how many times we've gone on dates and end up to be a therapy session i'm like this is not what i signed up for this is my personal time that i want to have sex with you and have fun but yet here you now had a free therapy session that normally i call you know i pay xyz and i'm like ah but so how do you balance that have you had those experiences also that you want to go and have fun and then it ends up to be a coaching session yeah, absolutely. That's uh, so a lot of um, the reason I kind of took my book and the way I took it was my publisher was a big influence on that. So um, she would come to my events with me and she would see whether it was my event or just out and about every day running into somebody who knew of my hanky panky club that I run. So um, I would always be in the situation where people were asking me for advice. And before you knew it, I'm sitting down for a 45 minute one on one conversation in a bar where I just want to drink and have fun. And so she was the one that said to me, you need to start offering coaching. You need to do Zoom sessions or online sessions um, and you need to put together packages because you're spending half of your time at an event breaking up an argument or sitting down with a couple and, and telling them what you've seen, you know, them go through and you need to separate when you're. At an event as a guest you are having fun when you are at an event working you are in charge of making sure that your staff is working and everything is going smoothly and then separate where you can then be doing online coaching so redirect them if they pull me aside at an event and say listen i'd be happy to talk to you but we need to redirect and set up a time just one-on-one -on -one. so that's what i've been doing and it's working it's really really working which is good that's cool well speaking of the club how did you come running a swing club so, um, in fact, the uh, <laughs> the gentleman is sitting right here because we're going out to dinner afterwards. So, what happened was I was uh, dancing at a club, and the manager of the club had said to me, "Would you be interested in running a lifestyle event at that club?" And so, um, at that time, I had experience in the lifestyle with as as a, you know married, and then I was divorced, and then I had experience working at a host like as a hostess at another lifestyle local club. But I'd never ever run any kind of wedding lifestyle event, anything like that. So um, we did an event at that location, and it was a success. And so the manager put me in touch with the owner of the building, who then said, "Let's try to do." another event in your area so we did it again it was another success and then we ended up actually renting a mansion um and actually opening up our own lifestyle club so a standstill club and then that led to me running weddings and then becoming an llc and dba and then 
before you knew it. So now the club's 18,000 members. Oh, wow. And it started in 2012. Normally I see it the other way, that they were wedding planners. And yeah, then they ended no, up, you know, reaching out and going to the club. But the other way around, I rarely hear. Yeah, no, that that's like a new one to me. I'm like, I think I've done it all backwards. <laughs> if it works, it works. But it works, yeah. So. I gotta ask the question then. Do you get lifestyle weddings? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've done four friends so far, four couples I've done their weddings. Oh, so, wow, that's awesome. And it's just the same as doing a wedding and you know, if they're inviting family and stuff. But um um but yeah, so it started with the lifestyle events, which led to someone saying to me, you're pretty good at what you do, you should do weddings. And that actually also led into working for a company doing educational conferences for them and trade shows for them. So it's kind of given me the realm now of everything. And then the directing, I'm still directing in the adult industry and casting and working as a casting agent as well as all that. And that's also bringing together that theatrical degree and combining everything for creativity, I guess, in all different, different realms. So not the way you really wanted to use that theatrical degree, but kudos to you for being very successful. It's worked. So, and I, I like it. There's no regrets on any of it. So. Well, we're completely with you about destigmatizing just, just sex in general. Yeah. It's, whether it's the adult industry or swingers or BDSM clubs, um, open marriages, period. Polyamory is another huge one. Bisexuality, especially between couples. It's like yep. we have such a fascination but stigma with it. So mm -hmm. many people are like they want to do it, but they're so afraid to even talk about it. That's why crap movies like Fifty Shades do so well, while the people in the lifestyle kind of look at it and go, What the hell was that? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's what I say. I like um yeah, and it just gives a completely different, now Now the view is like, now we're all going, ah, now you didn't help us, you know? So, yeah, I just, you know, then that's part of, you know, why I do what I do is because, you know, people like you and the podcast, if we can get the word out there that sexuality is a good thing and be confident with who you are and confident about what you want to experience and forget this judgment and forget what other people care because if they don't like what you're doing then mind your own business and move on you know but i think we'll for always be fighting that the stigma of swingers and bisexuality and polyamory and all of that you know we'll always be fighting it but yeah, there are yeah, always, always going to be groups. And it's just like, I always keep reminding people, look, sex workers and politicians have been hand in hand for centuries there. You could go back to the Roman times and, you know, see that it was a lot more um, acceptable there. And even what? having a mistress. I mean, I think the in the last decade, uh, some politician passed away and both his primary wife and his mistress with their family showed up at the funeral and it was okay. That's exactly, exactly. And we know it's happening. <laughs> oh, it's happening. It's happening. Whether or not they want us to know it's happening, it's happening. So, And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you got to live your life the way that you want to live your life and you've got to experience. And I, I always tell people in the lifestyle too, um, you don't know what you like until you try it. So you may say that, you know, as a woman, you are bisexual or bicurious, or maybe the man is bisexual or bicurious, but he doesn't want it, you know, it's more 
Um, so they say, you know, look down upon when a man admits that he wants to try it, God forbid, you know, and my attitude is, well, you know what, you don't know what you like until you try it. And so after you try it, then you then discuss with your partner and you say, you know what, I thought maybe I would like that, but I didn't. And great. And moving on, you know, but you don't know what you like until you try it in this, in everything adult related, even working as an adult performer. Right. And I think, you know, sometimes people don't understand that you need to have like a pre-conversation before you actually have the sex and then a post-conversation so that way you're all on the same page because usually I use the analogy it's like watching a game you watch a baseball football game you have the pre-game show and how they're giving the commentaries and what the play-by-play could be and what's happening then you have the game and you saw what they implemented and then they have a post-game wrap-up and they talk about you know what was used what was good what was bad I, we should use that same philosophy when it comes to our sexual experiences. Absolutely. I, I, I love, I like that analogy. Absolutely. Because, you know, I always tell couples, you know, a lot of times what they say to me in their sessions is, well, once they've entered a room with another couple or just one person, whether it's a couple bringing in a female or vice versa, they feel like if it doesn't feel right, they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So they don't want to stop the action of what's going on and so they go through with it and then when they leave the situation they're then in a fight with each other because well you didn't tell me and you didn't say it and he said it and she said and my attitude is what I say to them is you guys are grown adults you were grown adults making the decision to go into that room together and you can at any point in time say you know what we apologize for being asleep but we made a mistake this isn't right for us and we're going to stop and we wish you best luck and leave there's no reason you have to stay and fulfill everything just because you made that choice to go into that room so Amen. I Yep. <laughs> and when also they say to me that they went into the room and never discussed prior to going in with a couple to play in a playroom, what it is that the other couple likes. And I said, well, you're supposed to establish that before you go in, because now you're putting yourself in that situation where you're in this room and you realize, oh, these people are a BDSM couple and they want to beat the crap out of me and my wife. And that's not our thing. So maybe we should get out of here. So, I mean, it just, you just see all these different things, but people don't realize that they you know, can say no, and they can stop it at any point if they want to. And it's they not about being rude, but it is about, about no. but it is about brutal honesty. Yeah. And the, the, you you can't you you can't be shy. Well, you can be shy, but talk, you need to have brutal honesty about what it is you want or don't want, because otherwise, someone's going to go and you know, consent depending on where it is. Some places it's an absolute affirmative yes. Other places, if it's a nod and it's an okay, they keep you know going, and that's right. fine. It works, but um, if, if that happens and you give the nod and it keeps going, it's on you. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've had situations where I'll be in a room with my partner, like a boyfriend, and you know we've agreed to go with this couple, and I look over and he says he's good and I'm good, and I go about my business and he goes about his, and we don't hear much over on my end. I look up and I'm like, Are "You guys done?" And he's like, "We never started." And I'm like, oh, oh. And he's like, so whenever you're ready. And I'm like, okay, well, I think I'm ready to go now. <laughs> like, why you got to communicate that with your partner? Like, you know, 45 minutes ago, you said you were good to go. You never stopped me for 45 minutes. He says, you never looked. So, you know, you learn. You learn yeah. from, you know, experiences. Okay, now you kind of keep an eye over there. You take a look and okay, is everything going okay? And so on. And then discuss afterwards how, you know, did you enjoy the experience or not enjoy the experience? But even in going with couples, and we learned this from experience, we, we have our, I guess you'd call them uh, swinger safe words. Yeah. Yes. And Because we've been in a situation where things started out great, things were talking, 
And in one situation, the wife started drinking, like shooting shots heavily. In the middle, okay. Like like just before it started, like in order to do it, she started getting wasted. Like beyond hammer. Yeah. It's like, but in another one, husband started getting very abusive. Yeah. He was like verbally abusive. I'm like, you know, peace out. I'm not doing this. Mm -mm." But we've come up with, uh, we'll just call it a safe word. Mm-hmm. That's just between us. That just means whatever. Don't discuss it. So, I mean, discuss the word, but something's happened that I'm not uncomfortable or she's not comfortable with that we just need to gracefully leave. Yeah. And, that, and then you discuss it. Absolutely. And you discuss it later what it is, you know, what you guys witnessed. But yeah, I mean, I've had the same thing where if I say a word or I do some kind of signal like that, that means up and out. No, don't even ask me a question. That's an up and an out. There's something wrong that's happening here, you know, but. Um, luckily I haven't had anything crazy. I would say, um, you know, experiences with me, uh, one partner's normally very bossy over the other. And I don't like that, you know, you know, kind of like what you said, like, you know, with your situation, somebody was being very verbally, he was being verbally abusive. I've experienced that where the one partner, and sometimes it's the woman, you know, saying, you know, you will lay on that bed and you will lay down now and she will. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, no, we passed. But I think the big thing that most people need to understand is to know your own body, know what you like and feel confident, not comfortable, confident enough to express your desires, express what you want, even way before getting a partner, let alone multiple partners there. And it's getting in that mindset of like, know yourself first. That's another thing that I always say to people is that, you know, and this is in my experience, most of the time, uh, sex is better with your partner because your partner knows your body and your partner knows what you want. And so even when you get into the situation where you are maybe doing a full swap or a soft swap with a couple, 99% of the time you come out of that situation, you go home with your partner and you go, okay, now do me right because that wasn't done right. So why did I even do that in the first place? So, but if you can start to experience and verbally, and then that's why a lot of people sometimes have, you know, um, uh, couples they're exclusive with because now the partners are starting to learn each other, but there's, um, you know, that's a risky thing too, because then emotions get involved. So there's a lot, you got to be a very, very strong person in yourself, in your sexuality, and with your partner to be able to uh, dabble and be involved in this lifestyle. Otherwise, uh, you're going down a slippery slope. Totally agree with you. Yeah. We're going to take just a quick short break. And when we get back, we're definitely going to talk about your new book, When the Ice Melts. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, John, I want to get a new toy. Okay, so let's go to Fair Villa. But I don't want to waste time trying to find out what goes with what. Well, there's Fairville University and their staff is very well educated and helpful. Okay, but how about if I just want to go to a party instead? Then go to their website because on their calendar they list all their events. But I don't want to spend a lot of money. Have you heard of their loyalty program? Oh yeah, that thing on my keychain that makes everyone blush every time they see it. That's the one. Let's go. Well, they have over five locations in Central Florida. Which one do you want to go to? Fairville. For for pleasure, fun, and and fantasy. fantasy. And we're back. Thanks to our sponsors for that. Now we're going to get into the juicy details of the book. But I definitely need to know, what is your definition of sexual freedom? So I feel that um, the best way to like say, it's a good question. Um, 
you know, for years growing up, you're taught like in, you know, you're taught the birds and the bees and you're kind of like taught, you know, that maybe sex is not so good. And um, I think that as you get older and you learn to realize that sex, like your sexuality as a man or a woman is your, it's, it's empowering. You, it's, you have control over you and that's what it's about. So you have control over what you do and how you learn your body and how you can experience different realms of the sexual um, I don't want to say industry, but just, you know, the different, um, fetishes is a good, you know, being, you know, you have the ability to experience what you want to do. You have the ability to try what you want to do. And that's what makes you as a person sexually empowered because it's your choice. It's your body. It's your mind. And it's your intellect to be able to say, I'm going to see if I like that. I'm going to see if I like that. And so that's kind of what, my book is about my book is about saying that you know someone like me that came from you know private education and you know competitive olympic figure skater goes to be a theater degree you know and gets a degree as a director in the porn industry and then gets told i should dance at the age of 35 and then gets told that i should run a swingers club and work at, you know now i'm you know i should be a porn performer and now i'm working at a brothel and if I didn't do them and I didn't try them and I didn't listen, then I might not have been able to really find my own sexuality. Um, I'll share one thing with you, which is in my book, but I didn't actually have my first orgasm until I was 35 years old. Oh, wow. So that is showing in my book that, you know, um, it took me that long to actually let myself go and figure and realize, uh-oh that's what an orgasm is. Now I get it. Now I know why my husband used to bug me for sex all the time. Where for me, it was just a chore because I was like, all right, let's just do it. Hurry up. I got to get the groceries done. I got to take the kids to school or whatever it might have been. So um, that's, you know, where my book goes with bringing in the empowerment for me and other people who need to just open their minds, forget what anybody else says or thinks and experience it for themselves and see if they like it, the different aspects. <laughs> Yeah, it is giving oneself permission to explore that. And because society does put all these restrictions, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. No, you can't express yourself. No, you can't try that because, ooh, that's so taboo and bad. It is just getting that permission. And books like yours is like, oh, okay. And it is, not, you know, for us, it's not unheard of to hear women in their 30s, 40s, and sometimes 50s to experience their first actual orgasm it's just like wow you know it's like what do you you know what have i been missing it's like yeah you know you're too busy thinking everything else and pleasing your partner that you forgot about yourself and that you know that goes back to know yourself love yourself so that way you can have an amazing time exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I, again bouncing around all the other things i know one of your goals with the book was not only dispelling truths about the adult industry, like dispelling the, the, the falsities of it, but also helping um, new performers and new people in the industry avoid the pitfalls. Yeah, so, um, you know, again, just to kind of reiterate on the book, I want my readers to see that I was just like anybody else. You know, there's that, there's that misconception that adult performers come from an, abu you know, an abusive home, a broken home, drugs, um, you know, orphanage, adopted, live on the streets, whatever the bullcrap is behind it. And it's showing you that I am a Jewish South African born 
Uh, I, I scared her with a you know good home, good parents, college degree. I just found an avenue that I liked and I enjoyed, and um, and I knew that I would be judged for it. And I knew that when my parents found out, you know, that I was an adult performer and running a swingers club. I mean, my dad said to me, "I cannot believe." That I got you a college degree and you run an orgy club. It's disgusting. And I said, I know. I said, I at eleven o'clock at night, I ring the bell and I said, penis is out, vagina is open. It's time to get started. And he's like, you're disgusting. And I'm like, are you serious? Do you really think that I do that? You know. And it's just to like show people that I'm a normal person. I just happen to get involved in this world and I like the world. And I, um, and I, and I feel that now with my experience and my background, um. I can share and educate people coming into being in the adult industry, you know, if they want to be a performer, how they go about the testing and, you know, not everybody's doing cocaine to stay skinny um, in performing. And now there's a lot of, you know, um, adult uh, pornography films with BBWs and the appreciative of, you know, um, you know, different body types and um, homosexuality and, transsexuality and polyamory and everything. Um, so that's my goal is when people come into the industry, they can read my book and my book's gonna have sequels, which are gonna you know, focus one just on the lifestyle, one just on um, experiences and things that people can learn from about the adult industry and make sure that people don't make uh, life, life-threatening mistakes, you know, showing up on set uh, where it's not background check, where they don't know where they're going, where they don't know who took them there. Um, you know, drinking on set, drugs on set, these things that can put a young, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old girl or anybody who's coming onto a set not knowing uh, how to protect themselves. So. Yeah, it is. It, there's always going to be predators anywhere. And I think that that's what gives it is it's an industry where there are a, a small portion of people in there. And then the ones who come out tend to be the loudest. Yeah, and, you know, pass those bad news. But I, I'm with you on that. All boys Catholic high school here. So <laughs> yeah. and again, turned around. Now been in the what swinger lifestyle twelve years? Yep, you're twelve years. I'm twenty five plus plus. So, so ah, I started eighty feet. I grew up in Chicago. A lot of my friends were older, and of course, they were like their parents were like the who's who of Chicago politicians, doctors, like oh, I was at a party okay. that the mayor's sons got busted and I was like running as fast as possible. So they wouldn't catch me for underage partying. So it's like, you, you know, were a wild one. I, I was a that. wild one younger. So it's like, that's where I learned. And it's like, I know like back in the day where you put like ads in the local paper, the Pennywise to yes. find swing partners. They're not like the internet and everything. So right. I kind of like the old history of like swinging and how it's evolved so yeah but nowadays i even get to go to the younger ones there was this thing once called craigslist <laughs> and it was so cool right it just constantly changes <laughs> it's always you know but now like with all the lifestyle sites and stuff you know and um so I have my site for my club. And so everybody who, um, you know, they go, they set up a profile on it. They have to be a member. Um, nobody sees their personal information but me. And then that's a way for people to get to meet other people in my community and also to see what events we're hosting. Um, and then I do my CoralineJewel.com site. And that kind of gives an overview of the book, the lifestyle events, the coaching sessions, um, and that side. So... 
um, people can choose different ways to go and how to get um, in contact with me or involved in the adult industry, the lifestyle industry, whatever it may be. Hmm. And I, I also do casting, so. Yes, you mentioned <laughs> sexy I have, an, I have an old profile up on there that I haven't been to in a while, but. <laughs> Which one is it? Sexy Jobs. Oh, uh, yes. You mentioned that as your first site you went to, I guess. I know, I was, I think I that is, that was the first, that was where I got the job as a director. That's correct, in the porn industry up in LA. So I got that on Sexy Jobs. I'm still on Sexy Jobs, but it's not what it used to be. <laughs> no, <laughs> all sites change over time. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> in regards to that, no, but it, it's just kind of interesting hearing your background that I'm just like, darn, she's not the stereotypical drug addicted, abused foster home child there <laughs> that's like, turn to like the stereotypical oh wow happy ending she's very successful now you know I, I find that so refreshing and appreciative because it does show people that it is all different walks of life that comes into this industry not what the media portrays as you know this is what you need to do in order to do this you know and one thing i want to also uh you know reiterate and just let people know is that i would say that in my, this is just my experience, but some of the most moral, honorable people and friends that I have are people that I met in the lifestyle and in the adult industry, whether they were a director, producer, camera operator, editor, photographer, graphic designer, whatever it may be, because there's no, there's no judgment and there's just, you can be open with each other and there's acceptance from the start. Whereas friends that I have made in, you know, my, what we call our vanilla world, um, We'll, we'll stab their back, they'll, they'll turn their back on you in a heartbeat. And I don't feel that there's that same, um, that same connection of friendship because I think that there's still that little piece of judgment that lingers, you know, versus someone that we meet in our world already. And so um, the people in the, um, in the adult industry are still my friends. And, you know, we still go out and hang out. And people in the lifestyle, um, also, I'd like people to know that people in the lifestyle, and you guys know this, you go out to dinner with your friends that you've met in the lifestyle events, and you go to the clubs. That doesn't mean you're sleeping with everybody that you've met, because I'd be sleeping with 18,000 couples. So that's what, that is how many people is that? Uh, wow, that's very exhausting. <laughs> right? That's you know, and that's what, when no, people, there's no time for sleep. Yeah, when, and it's like, wait a minute, and you said you were raising a family, so what? When people go on a date with me and they come to my event, they say, you know, if they're new, they go, oh, so you've slept with everybody in here. And I go, um, no. In fact, I don't think there's one person in this room I've actually slept with. You know, I try to explain to them that, you know, that's my business. And when I'm working, I'm working. And that's my business. If I'm at an event and it's a lifestyle event and it's not my own, then it's a different story. But, you know, people just assume and jump to the conclusion. What you blame me? <laughs> we had that funny thing because we worked the Bliss Cruise mm -hmm. in November and we taught classes and we also helped out one of our sponsors, Vend, and, okay. they, and which was great. We met so many people and we met many more people than if we just went alone. So we loved it. Except, of course, Royal Caribbean didn't want swingers having sex with their people. So they kept putting everywhere no sex with employees. And somewhere it got confused that we're like, no, no. We're not, we're, we're, not, we're third not party. We're third party. We can have fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a story about that in my book, but that's with um, 
how when you are working on set as an adult performer, not to have sex with the crew or extras on the set and how someone did have sex with my pretend husband on a three-day shoot without a condom. And so that story's in my book about how that can cause so much, uh, just, you know, doing something like that can cause uh, issues with the director and the whole the whole entire production team and the and everything and more expenses because then uh, I was put in a situation where I wasn't going to sleep with my pretend husband without a condom knowing that he had slept with an extra without a condom during our three day shoot. So, you know, there's you know and understanding the consequences is a big yeah. thing and i and that goes for both like the adult industry and the lifestyle if you yeah. don't understand the consequences don't do it yeah. because it, it's going to be far worse of a cleanup mess afterwards than you actually think because like you were saying it's like that screwed up the um the shoot screwed you know, up everything. several but levels Yep, and and the, and the male performer, this was his first time ever performing, and he got cast in a very good movie, and he's out. He's never done anything again. And the extra, I don't think that she realized, you know, what what she had caused by sleeping with a performer on set, knowing that we were in the middle of a three-day production. And it's such a, not super small, but it's still a tight community, whether it whether it's... Look, we, we know each other some way, right? Some yeah, way. We some know way, each other. yeah, exactly. And same with um, same with I did a show the other day, and they were like, "Wait a second, we know someone in California that runs a club called Hanky Panky," and I said, "I am Hanky Panky," <laughs> and they were like, "Oh my God, we knew we knew you." So you see, and they'd actually met me at an event that I did at a winery out here. So it's a small world. And it's going to come back. And if you ruin that reputation bad, don't get me wrong. Mistakes happen and there are ways back in, but it's with grace. Mm -hmm. Being arrogant, forcing your way, denying you've done anything wrong does not fly in this community. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And it is one of those things like also trying to deal with catty little brats to say the, the list well not so much the newbies because remember that vicious that we left the lifestyle a couple years ago because they were like a afraid when john actually came out and said he's bisexual and i'm like you've dp'd me your two penises were touching each other why is all of a sudden now that he's come out bisexual that oh no it's like it's taboo we can't do this and i'm like we, we, we've done stuff that is not taboo, but yeah, you see the minute, the minute that they remember the minute that there's a label put on it, that's yeah. when people go, Oh no, but, that, but not me. I'm not bisexual, you know, or I'm not okay with that. I'm not comfortable with that. And it's like, well, you were though, when we were in this situation and this situation and this situation, but the minute we labeled it for you now, all of a sudden you're just going to pull back and say, I don't do it. So, um, again, it just goes back to that acceptance and, uh, you were saying something about like age and, you know, cattiness and stuff. Um, I feel this, again, this is just me, but when we get younger people that try to join the community, 22, 23, 24 years old, you don't know at 22, 23, 24, how to be okay in this world, you know, and be comfortable in this lifestyle because you and rightly so, you still have that jealousy inside of you and, and you have to be able to establish such a good connection with your partner and such an amount of trust and communication that I don't think from my experience, any of the younger ones that have entered my community have had that quite yet. 
But I've also seen drama on the older sides too. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, but especially with the younger kids because they really haven't experienced jealousy other than when they were toddlers that someone took their toy and was playing with it without their permission, and they're like, "That's my toy." Well, translate. A little, little bit older. Yeah, but it's a little bit older there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because that's my people. Exactly. I mean, they, they just don't understand. And there's been a couple of times that I've actually had to explain that analogy to people. It's yeah. like, yeah, remember when you were like a toddler and you had a toy and little Jimmy took it without your permission, it was playing with it, and you got really upset, and that was your favorite toy, and he messed it up. Well, guess what? That's the same thing what's going on right now with you and your partner there. Exactly. But I, I will say it takes you about two, three years to get, and I hate to use the word swinger legs, but I'm thinking like, you know, get your sea legs. It takes a while to get the groove of it, to see how things really work. And there's no way to have it. What you like, you know, seeing what you enjoy and don't enjoy, you know, again, it goes back to what do you like in this lifestyle? You know, maybe you're just a voyeur. Maybe you're just an exhibitionist. Maybe you just want to watch. You want to be watched. You just want to see your partner with a woman. That's it. Just you, the man, John, just want to see her with another woman. You don't know until you try. However, That's one story I'll say is that <laughs> the last swinger cruise we went on, there was a couple there who was in their 80s. And I ended up sitting next to them. We ended up chatting. They're like, honey, I know I ain't getting laid, but you are the coolest people to hang around. So I'm going to keep coming to these cruises as long as I have a chance. And I'm like, I bet you I know this couple. We won't say names, but there are some... I call some of the older couples that are in their 80s. They were just at my event. They're like the godfathers, you know. They they, they decide. You know, you can't say any. I, I've got nothing on them. They've been doing this since they were 30 years old, you know. Yeah, but so. that, they're awesome. Yes, I know. It's like, yeah, I thought you were going to tell them about our first official fight of, like, not communicating in the swinger community. <laughs> We've learned a lot since then. Ten years later, still together. Like anything else, though, you you even though we were both in the swinger community, we met at a swinger meet and greet. Okay. Even with all that experience, there was ups and downs. Yes, all and there still is. It's normal. Every relationship's going to have it. And 10 years later, we're still in it, and we're still loving it. Yeah, you know, and again, like, you'll still, you know, I'm not going to say, you never say never that I'm going to go and do the lifestyle with my partner and not ever have an argument because I know how to navigate my way through it. That's bullshit, you know? Always something's going to come up and pop up and you're going to go, oh, well, I didn't see that one coming. Okay, so now let's work on that one. You know, <laughs> so, like, the situation that I was telling you about with the uh, boyfriend who said we never started. And then I was like, oh, and then we left. So I asked him, I said, I don't understand. We got on the bed, you guys were on one, we were on the other. In one minute, she screamed as though she was having this crazy orgasm. She shouted that she loved you. Me and her husband looked at each other, pretended we didn't hear anything. I looked over, you said you were good. 45 minutes later, you said you never started. I don't get it. He says, oh, she just does that to um, make him jealous. She's only in this lifestyle for him. She wants nothing to do with me. I didn't even touch her when she did the fake scream orgasm. It's like, what? Oh, wow. What? That's the, that's what the part that's you a, you tell your honey bunny. It's like, hey, I'm done. Peace out. You know, it, it's just yep. like, yep. You see, and so again, there's something that you know never ever. That wouldn't have been my guess. My my guess would have been like, okay, so what happened? You guys started and like you came and no, okay, well when you guys started and she told you she, she didn't want to stop. Like what happened? It never started. She just faked it. It was just a scream and a fake to to get his attention. That Which won't last long. 
Yeah, no, that's yeah. the community or is a relationship that won't last. <laughs> I'm counting minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not a long lasting relationship. At that point, you're just like, are you just the one night stand at this point? Because yeah. I'll have to go back and see if they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm gonna be curious too. Give us an update on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like I said, you know, not me, not the couple that's 80 years old, not you guys, nobody's gonna know what might be thrown at us next that we go, oh, there's another learning experience. But um, I definitely can say I've seen my fair share of some uh, interesting experiences in the lifestyle. And uh, you, gotta, you gotta do it right. You do it right, it's amazing, it's amazing. It's a good thing to be in, you know? But you gotta be careful. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're offering your experience as coaching. Coaching yeah. in the lifestyle is definitely something I've only seen a few for a few years now that we've been yeah, doing Yeah, but it's been booming quite a bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and then like podcasts in the last like three years have exploded. I'm like, whoa, I remember when it was like, you know, maybe two or three and now we're, we're like up to 15 different podcasts. Yeah, there's a lot of, Four, oh yeah, yeah there's so, there's so many Yeah, Swinger yeah. podcast and radio shows and everything. I mean, it's exploding. Um, But I also think it's important that people, um when they tune into these things, tune in and, and go to coaching and listen to somebody that's been in our world. Like you guys have been in this lifestyle world. I don't think that um, someone who has a degree in sex ed can, you know, or can, can, can teach me about the lifestyle because have they been swingers? Have they ever been in that situation? Have they ever been to an event? Have they ever been put on the spot? You know, something like that. Whereas I don't think that I can coach people on, um, drug addiction or on, you know, uh, uh, you know, sobriety or whatever it may be, because I've never experienced that. So I don't think I'm the person to teach you about it, if that makes any sense, you know, because I do see people trying to coach people in the lifestyle that have never once stepped foot into a lifestyle or a BDSM club or a nudist resort or whatever it may it's be. Better, but even finding kink and swinger lifestyle friendly <laughs> therapist. Mm -hmm. Because like they said, every couple's gonna need it eventually. I mean, if you don't, you're rare, you're rare and I hope it works out. Mm -hmm. But most couples at some point are gonna need some type of therapist to talk to. Yeah. And the horror stories of having to spend half of every session explaining and educating your therapist is okay. ridiculous. So yeah, exactly. I, I'm paying how much an hour for me to educate you and kind of deal. That's why we decided to continue our education and we actually are uh, specialized in kink aware. So that's all that. Yeah, that's like upcoming for a lot of even like therapists and sex educators there. So you know how to handle that alternative lifestyle because they still need the same services as grieving the loss of a partner, going through a divorce, family issues. It's just that their sexual preference is a little bit different, but right. they still, they're uh, still human and still need mental health services. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple that I coached and um, I did, you know, one session with them together, one with um, him alone, her alone, and then back together. So a total of four sessions. And they said to me, we can't believe how much we spent on our therapist um, on weeks and weeks of sessions and we've got nothing. And in four, you have like completely solved our issues and figured out where we're going wrong on this. And I saw them at the last event and they were as happy as could be and no issues, you know, because because I've been there because I, 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 I've, I've watched them since 2012, you know, been in my community and I've watched the mistakes that they've made and constantly gone up to them and said, guys, you're doing it again and come and finally said, sit down, do a session with me. And here we are now, they're fine again. So you know, but 
if they had that, you know, drug addiction or something like that, I'd have to send them a different direction, not the person to talk to. So we know our specialty and st stick to it and do it well. Yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, how can our uh, listeners find you? Okay, so there's a couple different options. So the easiest is Coralyn. It's C-O-R-A-L-Y-N Jewel. So Coralyn Jewel, J-E-W-E-L dot com. On there has a link to getting in touch with me if anybody wants to get some information on coaching. I do offer introductory sessions for that. Um, you can get a link to my book. I can do the autograph book there or my book goes directly linked to Amazon, which is... Uh, Again, when the ice melts, it's the story of Coral and Jewel. It just became an international number one bestseller. Really Congratulations. Thank you. Very excited on that. Um, and then um, on the, again, CoralandJewel.com website links to my Swingers Club, which is now the 18,000 members. And that's HankyPinkyLifestyle.com. But it's H-A-N-K-I-E, P-A-N-K-I-E lifestyle.com um, and then my social media which I think you guys will be able to put in there as well which is my Instagram is at Coral and Jewel uh, my Facebook is Coral and Jewel and my Twitter sadly is at Sweet Blue CJ because there's like all these fan pages of Coral and Jewel as an adult performer and so I can't even get my own name <gasps> oh that's heartbreaking there <laughs> but yeah and so that's kind of everything but you know again to reiterate, um, I want listeners and your listeners to reach out to me, join, you know, my, my website, my Coral and Jewel website, it's free to come and, you know, see what my diary blogs are and talk to me about coaching and stuff like that. Because ultimately my goal is to um, try to get rid of some of the uh, misconceptions about we are just disgusting orgy ringing bell people. <laughs> we are fighting the same battle every day. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> but at least we know there's good feedback if it's now become an international bestseller book. So yeah. that's awesome right there. Congratulations on it. So we get, at least that answers the question. How have the how's people felt about the book if it's an international seller? They love right. it. They it's good. That's what I say. Yeah, you know, um I yeah, I think I, I last I looked there was uh, like 19 written reviews on there. Um I dropped to a 4.8. Some mean person gave me not a nice star. Don't know. Probably an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> an anonymous. Yep, they get on there, an anonymous star. But I've had great feedback from the book. Um, and um, I'm excited to start working on the next one. First one took me four years, so we'll see how we go for <laughs> the next one. It might well, go faster now with COVID. <laughs> you got the momentum. Keep going. Keep going. Exactly. Exactly. I will. I will. I'm just trying to focus on, you know, which first lifestyle first and adult industry. I think that's where I'm going on it. So. Sounds great. Well, thank you very much for being on the show and talking with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to meet both of you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Sex Positive Me. If you like our content, please like, subscribe, and review us. You can find us on social media platforms at Sex Positive Me or on our website at sexpositiveme.com. You can also reach me on all social media platforms as Miss Angelique Luna. And you can find me at John C. Luna. And if you like content like this and want some more, please subscribe to our monthly newsletter. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.